Welcome back to another episode of the BC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall here, as always, with head coach of the Briarcliff Basketball Program, Mark Figuera, recording here in uh, Coach Figuera's office overlooking the Newman Flanagan Center. And uh, Coach, we've got a lot to talk about, a pretty exciting game from this weekend. But why don't we get started uh, talking about the Waldorf game from uh, earlier in the week. And I know, most importantly, before we talk about the game itself, you were looking forward to some barbecue that you were going to be getting on the road. Why don't you start by just letting us know uh, what would be your overall review of what was uh, in store for you guys? Yeah, so I mentioned last week uh, the Erdman family was going to set us up with a post-game meal. This is the second time we've done that, or, or I should say they've done that for us here over the last couple years. And... Uh, Frank Erdman had he'd hit me up a couple different times or had Eric talk to me about what we wanted and kind of left it up to him. But uh, so we had, we had pulled pork sandwiches with barbecue sauce. Um, on the side, we had a mac and cheese casserole bake that I believe Eric's sister Addison made, which was really, really good. We had chips. We had, you know, we had some drinks. What am I missing here? We had oranges. It was it was really good. You know, there I I really hyped it up last week, and the Erdman family did not disappoint this week. In fact, uh, Frank Erdman text Coach Erdman earlier in the week, and I think he was a little nervous because I'd hyped it up so much on the podcast. But it it definitely lived up to the hype that I gave it. So, you know, just another another thank you on the podcast to to Frank and Missy Erdman and and family. All right, so let's talk about the reason you guys were up in Forest City, and that was for a non-conference game against Waldorf. Um, and like we said, it's it's a program that we've faced a few times in the last few years, but it was a game that really was never in question. Another pretty lopsided non-conference win where you had an opportunity to get a lot of guys in and, and see what a lot of guys can do. Uh, how was this game you know, significant, or how was this game important for carrying you guys into your first GPAC games? Well, yeah, it, it, you know, anytime you go on the road and get a win, it's it's good. And when you can get everybody on the bench in the game for for extended minutes, that's a really positive thing. But we we approached it from a scouting standpoint, kind of like we would a, a conference game. And we had a couple very specific things in our scouting report that we wanted the guys to execute on the defensive side of the ball. And and I thought our guys did a really good job of that. Just, you know, little things like we wanted to guard this particular screen this way and we wanted to guard this action this way because we kind of knew looking forward to Saturday's game, we were going to have to do some of those same things, uh, different actions, different screens maybe, but have to be really nitpicky about how we're guarding some things. And, and the guys did a great job of executing that. And I, I think that starts in practice the day before when we go through that. And one of the really good things we've seen this year is just how well our our second team in practice plays. You know, the guys who maybe don't get a ton of the minutes and they're they're running the opponent's stuff offensively and defensively, they really do a good job of that. And, and they were really hard to guard on Monday in practice. Uh, we had a hard time guarding them. But I think that really prepared us and, and helped us to execute what we needed to do on Tuesday. And that was on the defensive side. And offensively, I thought we really shared the ball well. You know, we had contributions from multiple guys. And, and even making in-game adjustments, uh, we, saw, we saw an advantage in the post. And at halftime, we really talked about, let's get the ball inside. And, and in the second half, we got some great post looks to, to Austin Ropeman, to Tony Bonner, and then to Jackson Lamb, who, who's a great post player for a guard. And I think that really helped us open the game up. And, and like we've talked before, 
when you have a, a lead at halftime, I think we were up 17. The best thing you can do in that situation is come out with the same urgency and the same intensity to start the second half, and that's what our guys did. And, and that lead went from 17 to 30 real quick and you know allowed us to get some of our starters out and, and play some other guys some of those bigger minutes. Okay, and so uh, fast forwarding, Fast forwarding then to Saturday, you know, we talked last week about your GPAC opener against Concordia, a team that, as we mentioned, seems to always play us pretty tough. And that was absolutely no exception uh, this Saturday. Uh, you guys were able to, to get out of there with a 70 to 69 win, thanks to some buzzer beating heroics by uh, Nick Hoyt, who happens to also be our guest today, freshman from Harrisburg, South Dakota. Uh, Nick, we'll talk to you in just a second, but coach, let's talk about uh, that game a little bit because there's a, there's a few things that stand out. Uh, Austin Roteman had a real good game, 12 points, eight rebounds, six assists, uh, another balanced scoring game, uh, Lamb and, and Friedel with 18 and 13, Nick here with 12. Uh, you know, something that that really stood out to me as I was kind of looking at your stats from this season is you guys are shooting about 85% from the free throw line. And I know you only had five free throws in that game on Saturday, but, uh, you know, when it comes to close games, especially when you get into conference play, getting the freebies is, is going to be pretty important. Um, so that's something, you know, that I think points to some, you know, some good things, at least when we're talking about getting into the conference. But let's just talk about that game in general. Uh, there were eight lead there were eight ties, I think, seven lead changes, and obviously with the last one coming with no time. So what was it like, I guess, when that shot went in for you, Coach? And we'll ask Nick about that in a second. But what, what's that like for you as a coach? Hard-fought game. You guys get to go home with it right at the buzzer. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's a surreal moment, really. Um, you know, we had, we had drawn up a play, and it did not work. Um, Concordia, to their credit, they did a really good job guarding the initial action we had. And uh, we were trying to create a little confusion with a double screen coming from, from Ethan Friedel and Jackson Lamb. And, and Sammy Green had the ball. And then Nick and, and Jaden Klein-Hesslink were kind of occupying corners, trying to just keep their guys honest. And if, if one of their guys helped, we were ready to kick to those guys for a three. Well, they did a great job guarding it. And then... To our guys' credit that were on the floor, we just never panicked. And and Sammy got rid of it. I think he got it to Ethan, who got it back to Sammy, who got it to Jaden, swung to Nick in the corner. And, you know, as I've watched the the, the video of it a couple times, in the moment I, I thought he was wide open. And I thought he hit a wide open shot, and he didn't. It was actually really well defended throughout by Concordia, and, and Nick made a tough shot. And, you know, I don't think anybody was surprised by that. Nick's a confident player. But – uh you know, I was pretty jacked. Um, you know, last year we hit a buzzer beater to send a game to overtime down at Friends, Kansas. And my wife gave me a hard time because I had no reaction. And, you know, my, my rationale was, well, the game wasn't over. You know, that was just to send a game to overtime. Well, I had a pretty violent reaction yesterday, if you watch the video. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was a game. If, if you would have showed me the stat sheet before the game and asked me to guess the score, I probably would have guessed that we lost by double figures. And, you know, we just – we had a hard time offensively yesterday. We we turned it over uncharacteristically high or an uncharacteristically high amount of times and at some really bad times. You know, we, we had a – we had a run of possessions to start the second half where we turned it over seven out of eight possessions. And it's just – you know, it's excruciating to watch it. And some of them were just careless. Other ones were just like – we made great reads or great plays and just the pass went off a guy's fingertips, 
you know, and so it was really frustrating in the moment. But you have to give a ton of credit to our guys because on a day when our offense wasn't very good, our defense won us that game. Our defense and our rebounding was was outstanding, especially in the second half. You know, they scored seven points in the first nine and a half minutes of the second half. And while we're on our barrage of turnovers, we just kept getting stops, kept getting stops. And and when it came down to it and needed to make a play, we had, you know, a group of guys on the floor that made a play for us. So it's a great win just to start, you know, 1-0 in the conference is, is obviously awesome. And to win in that kind of fashion is pretty fun. And I, I think we learned a lot about ourselves yesterday in just that we can win when we're not at our best offensively. And I don't think we've had a game like that this year, really, where we just really had to rely on our defense to get it done. And, and again, that's a that's a compliment to our guys. So, Nick, and like I said, we've got Nick Hoyt here, a freshman from Harrisburg who hit that game-winning shot. Nick, coach said, you know, that nobody really panicked in that in that last play. But be honest with me. You have the ball coming to you. There's two and a half, three seconds left. Is there a little bit of panic that sets in at that point? Um, I mean, you could say there's a little bit, but honestly, um, I was more excited for it. Um, you know, excited for the moment, um, you know, to step up and make a play for the team. Um, and I got to get a lot of credit to uh, Sammy, Ethan, and Jaden. Um, when you watch back on the video, um, the way that they swung the ball um, across the top of the key was um, honestly pretty amazing. Like, they had guys hounding them, um, and they were able to get the ball across across the floor. So that was pretty cool. With uh, that defender kind of closing out on you, like Coach said, it, it was a lot closer, uh, I think, than than maybe it seemed first time watching it. Did you think he had a shot to get there, or were you pretty confident you'd at least be able to get the shot off? Um, I felt that I was going to be able to get the shot off. Um, originally, like when Jaden had the ball, I did feel a lot more wide open than um, than it was, but he did a very good job of closing out um, really quickly. But I was able to just rise up over him and shoot it. So it's my understanding you had a pretty good, uh, successful career in high school. Where does this play, where does the shot rank in terms of uh, top plays in your career, most exciting plays in your career? Oh, it's got to be number one uh, for exciting plays. Um, when you look back at high school, I don't think I ever had a buzzer-beating game winner. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely got to be number one. And it was the conference opener for yep. the year in the GPAC, which, as we've talked about a lot, is is uh, an extremely tough conference. As we're going to talk about in a little bit as we talk about this week's upcoming games, uh, even the teams that are picked down at the bottom are, are off to hot starts. Uh, and so it's going to be another tough year. You probably knew that coming into uh, Briarcliff through your recruitment process and just being from from the general area. Um, but do you feel like you, you feel the significance of getting that, that very first conference game as a win under your belt? Um, yeah, yeah, I know that it's pretty big, um, especially on the road um, against Concordia, a very similar team to us. Um, yeah, we talked about how capable they are of winning, and um, we talked about how uh, they're off to their best start um, in a, quite some time there and that they were pretty jacked up about it and um, that it would have been huge for them to beat us um, and start 6-0 um, and or whatever they were. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big win, and I think all of us knew that. All right, Nick, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you here in just a little bit and ask you a little bit more about your Briarcliff experience here your, your freshman year. But before we do that, uh, Coach Figuera, let's talk about this week's upcoming games. And like I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, 
you know, you guys play Mount Marty on Wednesday the 20th at 8 o'clock here in the Newman Flanagan Center. Mount Marty was picked last in the preseason coaches poll. Uh, they're off to a 7-2 and two start, 1-1 one and one in the conference. Uh, a couple losses to York, uh, who's, who's a pretty good program uh, in NAIA Division One, and also to Northwestern, who, as we know, is going to be tough this year. Uh, they beat Mayville State, which has a couple big wins against GPAC foes. So Mount Marty, uh, like I said, picked last in the conference, but it doesn't look like they're going to be a pushover by any means. It's a program that's improved quite a bit the last couple of years. Uh, how are you scouting those guys this year? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, Matt. They, they're off to a nice start, and uh, the, this is the best team they've had in a while at Mount Marty. Um, we haven't watched yesterday's game yet. They beat Hastings in a, in a shootout, 107-105. But uh, they, they have a really nice team. They, they play a, a five-out style. They shoot a lot of threes. You know, In some ways, they're going to be very similar to us. In, in other ways, we're actually pretty different. But they have a nice team, and, and Coach Lawrence has done a really good job you know, getting them off to a hot start this year. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have our full attention. And, and Hastings, I think, has a, good, a really good team this year. And, and Mount Marty beat them yesterday in a game that they trailed a handful of times by 8 to 10 points. But if on the same token, you know, we get to be home for the first time in, in quite a while now. And I think that's really exciting and looking forward to another big-time atmosphere from our student section. But uh, – you know, Mount Marty, they're they're pretty good, and it's it's going to be a fun game. I think you're going to see a lot of offense, and I think you're going to see a lot of threes shot. So make sure if you're in town, you get up to the Newman Flanagan Center. Again, that game will be at 8 o'clock. Women will play at 6 here in the NFC on the campus of Briarcliff. So let's fast forward then to next Saturday, the 23rd. Uh, you guys go play at Dort, a uh, team that was picked in the top three of the conference this year. They're off to a 4-3 and three start, 0-2 uh, in the conference so far, but those three losses are to Morningside, Dakota Wesleyan, and Mayville State. Uh, all tough teams, obviously, Dakota Wesleyan and Morningside were a couple of the teams that were picked above them in the conference. So uh, don't let records fool you because uh, they've, they've played some games tight. Dakota Wesleyan beat them on a buzzer beater layup last week so that was you know something that very easily could have gone the other way so uh, again if people are looking at that record it, they could be deceived into thinking oh maybe Dort's having a so-so year but they've played a lot of tough competition so far this year yeah they have and I that that game against Dakota Wesleyan was last Wednesday and we were off that night so I I watched the stream of it and it was just one of those you know you can't script it any better if you're Dakota Weslin winning that game, and you can't script it any worse if you're Dort. You know, it's very similar to the shot Nick made yesterday for us, kind of a perfect storm of a couple things. But, you know, they're two seconds away from, from winning that game. And, and Dort has a really good team. That's a, that's a fun place to play with a big-time atmosphere. Um, and we've had some absolute battles there the last couple of years. If you think back to last year, we, we were down – I think 20 in the second half and had a, a furious comeback to, to win the game. But they're, they're really good. They are big. They're physical. They're long. They play some lineups where it seems like every guy's out, out there is like 6-7. Um, but they're, they're going to be a tough matchup. And, you know, they're going to try to take advantage of their size that, they ha that they're going to have on us. Um, but it's going to be a fun week. You know, this is our first true GPAC week where we have two games and – you know, I, I think a true GPAC week is one at home, one on the road, and, and that's exciting, you know. And obviously, we're really excited about the start we've had. We still have things we need to clean up, 
and you know things that that come up in conference games that that maybe don't come up in non-conference games that'll need to be addressed here this week in practice but you know it's it's going to be really fun and and we're looking forward to it so again that game will be on saturday november 23rd up in sioux center at dort uh women will play at two men will play at four they always have a, a fantastic atmosphere. They always pack the gym. Their students get into it. It's a great place to watch a basketball game. And, uh, again, it seems like those are always good, close, competitive games. crowd always gets into it. And it seems like we always have a good crowd at that game too. So let's make sure we fill up our side of the gym as best as we can. All right, so let's go back to our guest today, Nick Hoyt, like I said, uh, freshman out of Harrisburg, South Dakota. And, Nick, you know, I, I know you've had a – opportunity early in this year to come in and be impactful like we talked about very impactful uh, when it comes to uh, the game this weekend um, you know did you expect coming in that you would play this type of role this early in your career um, yeah I would say I did expect um, to come in and play um, what I wanted to do was just do whatever coach asked me to do um, just stay ready uh, for whatever moment comes and um, just do whatever is asked for me and you know up to this point um, I've been asked to come in and just play really solid minutes, um, defend, and uh, get the ball moving offensively and knock down open shots. Um, and I think I've done that pretty well, and I'm going to keep trying to do that as well as I can. What have you found to be most challenging about transitioning from the high school game to uh, not just the college game, but the college game at a, a successful program in a pretty competitive conference? Uh, what was that transition like? What are some things that surprised you or that you found, you know, especially difficult to get used to? Um, physically, is definitely like the speed of the game um, and the size. Um, I'm not the biggest guy, so um, sometimes there's tough matchups and whatnot. Um, and the game's definitely a lot faster. Um, you just got to um, pick up things on the fly and um, try to do the best you can. Um, and then from a mental standpoint, um, there's a lot more concepts, um, plays, you know, different reads you got to make. Um, so that's definitely been um, a step up. But, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job of it. How would you describe the leadership that some of the upperclassmen have shown to you? Is there anybody in particular whose work ethic or, or whose, uh, you know, tendencies or the way they approach the game has stood out to you as, in terms of something you would like to model your, your experience after? Um, definitely. Um, Jackson Lamb uh, being kind of like a shooter, um, similar to me, uh, just the way he uh, works on his game constantly, um, whether it was this summer um, or just every morning coming in the gym, getting shots up, um, just being consistent um, in that standpoint. Um, and then Andy Gielen, I think, um, is our best vocal leader. Um, he's always talking. Uh, if you make a mistake, he'll come pick you up um, and things like that. And yeah, so I'd say those two are the best. Some we talked about last year on the podcast where we would compare uh, Coach Figueroa's butt chewings with uh, head coach Nick Nelson's butt chewings and, and maybe their difference in style. Uh, what was – do you remember the first time you you got uh, chewed out by Coach Figueroa? Do you remember what it was about or kind of how you reacted to that? Uh, yeah, the first time um, I got a butt chewing from Coach Figueroa uh, was in practice. Um, it was kind of a two-person thing. It was me and – uh, Connor Groves and my roommate actually and um, we've really been harping on rebounding um, as a whole team they, the bigs getting the, the fives out and the guards going in and cleaning everything up um, and we happened to not do that um, and we gave up an offensive rebound in practice and coach proceeded to 
uh, chuck his whistle on the ground, um, breaking it, um, and, you know, yelling pretty loud at us. So um, I kind of just, you know, take it as it is, you know, just learn from it. Um, I think it's kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, ever since then, he hasn't been using a whistle in practice anymore, and I think he's going to roll with that. So That's true. Haven't used a whistle since, and uh, I've gone through a handful of whistles. That was the first real violent break. But, uh, you know, I end up playing with it a lot during practice. I swing it on my fingers, and it, it hits the floor. So I've broken too many of them. I was just tired of spending money, I figure. Between Coach Forbes, Erdman, Schultz, and Leffler, there's four whistles in practice. I've got a loud enough voice, and I think the guys respond fairly uh, regularly when I yell. So if I just yell something, they're going to stop anyway. So, Coach, I'm going to kind of ask you the same questions. What have you observed with Nick's game? Uh, you know, you, you obviously probably scouted him in high school, and you've seen him grow into uh, his role here at the Cliff. But what have you seen about his transition into the college game? Well, I think first and foremost, when, when we recruit, you know, we've talked about this, Matt, we look for guys who can shoot the ball. And maybe more importantly, we look for guys who come from really successful high school programs. And, and that's the case with Nick. I think Nick played in three, three state tournaments, one state championship game. And, and Harrisburg has a really good thing going in their basketball program right now. And I knew, I knew he'd been coached hard. I know those guys up there don't don't take it easy on their guys, and and that's part of the reason they're good. And so I knew from that aspect he wasn't going to have just this eye-opening experience when we pushed and, and coached him hard here. But, uh, you know, we started recruiting Nick when he was a junior, and, you know, some would say, yeah, Nick's undersized and this and that. And I remember in the recruiting process at one point he and I watched film of some of the guys we've had, Eric Erdman, Austin Leffler, Shane Graves, all those guys that, you know, were definitely undersized as well. And, and my philosophy on that's always been when you're small, you've probably been small most of your life and you figure out how to play. And if you can play, you can play. And so I think we had an idea that Nick would have a chance to, to compete, to get on the floor this year. You don't ever really know that until a player's here on campus. But Nick was able to come down and, and work out with us a few times this summer, which I think was a, a big benefit to him. And I think since we've started practice or even our workouts, he's done a really good job of, of learning what we want, what we need, and, and he's picked things up really quickly. And he's one of those guys that you don't have to repeat yourself six or seven times for him to pick up what we want. And, and that's sometimes a big obstacle when you're a freshman. And, you know, since, since game one now, Nick's come in with a lot of confidence and made some big shots for us. I think the first time he went in this year, he hit three threes in his first run. Uh, when we beat Graceland a few weeks back. But, uh, you know, he, we're, we're really excited, obviously, for Nick, and he's got a lot of good basketball ahead of him at Briarcliff. So, Nick, one thing we like to do with our guests is kind of just throw some questions at you to get to know you a little bit. And I'll start with one that we seem to always ask our guests. Uh, where's the best place to go get a bite to eat in Sioux City? I always find myself uh, running to Taco Bell um, late nights. Um you know, I don't really, I don't really go on the other side of town, so I stick to the fast food restaurants right here on Hamilton, um, and I just say Taco Bell. Now, Coach, that's two players we've had on this year who who go to a uh, who go to, to a chain restaurant when we ask that question. So, is this is this something that's changed in your coaching philosophy, or what do you think is is kind of leading this trend? Listen, I I love Taco Bell as much as the next guy. But if, if we're talking Sioux City restaurants, you know I'm going to go to the down-home, locally-owned places. 
Um, you know, so I'm a little disappointed. Jake Carley really let me down, and and Nick did here a little bit too. But you know, you you got to find what you like and stick with it. So I I do respect that. But you know, Nick, we we can get some better tacos than Taco Bell in Sioux City, no doubt about it. And we'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you you're probably on a time crunch a lot of times with with uh, basketball and school and all that. And as a college student, you're probably on a budgetary crunch too. So we'll we'll cut you a break for Taco Bell. So you said uh, your roommate is another freshman, Connor Groves, who's on the team. One thing about college and, and moving in and having a roommate is, uh, you know, you, you learn that you either get along really well or you learn that there's some things that, that kind of – I guess I piss you off, but I don't know if we should do that. You learn that there's kind of some things that uh, maybe annoy you or something like that. So what's been your experience with Connor? Is, is he a good roommate? Does he do anything like leave cereal bowls laying around, wet towels on the bed, that kind of thing, or has it been all right? Um, it's definitely been good. He's actually the opposite of that. Um, you know, if if I leave a towel on the ground or, like, my backpack isn't um, sitting, like, neatly up against the wall or something, he will go fix that. Um, yeah, our room is always uh, pretty clean um, because of him, and, you know, that's a good thing. Um, and I had the benefit of knowing him um, prior to coming here. Like, uh, we met each other um, at several basketball camps and playing AAU and then, obviously, through the recruiting process. So, um that was really good for us. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been really good and um, can't wait for the next three years too. Outside basketball, what are what are some of your hobbies or are there any other sports that you like to play? Um, you know, I, I like watching um, football, baseball, um, pretty much um, any sport. Um, in high school, I only played basketball. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say um, that I enjoy playing the other sports, but – um, definitely like watching them. Nick, who is a better yeller in practice and or in games, myself or Coach Langrock at Harrisburg High School? Um, you definitely are the better yeller. Um, but I would say he's definitely got the better heel stomp on the ground. Um, that, that was his thing, the, the, three, the three heel stomps to get your attention. That's how he did it. So, Nick, what's the last movie you watched? Um... Disney Plus just came out, um, and a couple of us got it. So the other night, um, we uh, fell asleep to Monsters University. Yeah, I can't say I watched much of it, but we definitely uh, had it on. <laughs> Conversely, uh, if you were going to uh, go listen to something to get you hyped up for practice or for a game, what's your playlist look like? Um, it's definitely rap music. Um, I like Drake. Um, there's a couple new artists out um, that I'll listen to, but a lot of it is um, Drake and just like chill rap music. Well, Nick, we appreciate you coming on today, and uh, you know it, it's been fun to to watch you early in your career here. And you know, I know as a fan, I'm I'm excited to see where things go for you and and for you and the program. Uh, anything you want to mention or say before we uh, let you go here? Um, yeah, after the game last night. Um, we're all celebrating in the locker room wherever the uh, coaches come in last. Um, and we're always waiting for uh, Coach Figueroa to come in um, to do something um, to get us going even more. And um, in this moment, he happened to storm in and uh, chuck his water at us. Um, and then he took it a, li a little further even. And um, I think he tried to run a little bit or something. I don't know what happened, but... Uh, he ended up on, on the ground. Uh, he, he took a nice little spill, uh, landed on his hip. Um, 
But the cool thing about it is he shot right back up um, and went back to celebrating. So I'm I'm sure he's pretty sore today, but. Uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. When you say through water, you like chucked a water bottle or just sprayed um, a water bottle? Or? Yeah, he he takes his cap off of his uh, water bottle and just sprays it all over okay. us. And yeah, a couple other guys were doing the same thing in there, so it was a pretty slippery floor. So I don't I don't blame him for falling. Coach, you feeling sore today? Well, number one, totally worth it. <laughs> number two, yeah, I'm sore. My I, I took a pretty hard hit on my right knee, hip, and elbow all at once. And uh, cement floor in the locker room at Concordia with dress shoes on and a very wet floor because I don't think I was the only one who was spraying water, like Nick said. And and, and I, I don't remember exactly how it happened even. I just remember hitting the floor thinking, oh, man, that hurt. But I also, you know, everybody just kind of stopped for a split second like holy crap coach just went down and i think i got i popped back up as quickly and athletically as a 35 year old unathletic person could possibly pop up in that situation so totally worth it i don't remember exactly how it happened i know why it happened and i wouldn't trade it cuz the other the alternative would be we lost the game and it was not it would be a somber locker room not excited so it it was awesome and you know, if I can give the guys a story to tell for a long time to come, then then so be it. All right. Well, thanks again, Nick. Uh, like we said, we look forward to seeing you this week uh, when you guys have a couple more conference games against Mount Marty and Dort. All right. So, Coach, now I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, as our listeners know, one thing that we are sharing with them as a free benefit for listening to this podcast is that they get to take some of your wisdom home with them. And so uh, what do you have for everybody this week? Well, it, it should be pretty topical with what we just talked about. But my life rule this week is if you're on a cement floor that's wet with dress shoes on, you need to be very careful. You shouldn't be running. Certainly shouldn't be jumping around uh, because you're, you're bound to hurt yourself, which I learned firsthand yesterday. So be careful with dress shoes on wet cement floors. All right, and I've got some champs or chumps, and, and these are related uh, kind of to, to home cleanliness, I guess. So it's kind of related or, or personal hygiene to an extent. So my first question for you, Coach, is somebody who reuses their shower towel or bath towel when they're done with it. Well, I think, I think popular opinion would say chump, but I'm actually guilty of that myself. Um, you know, my wife's changed that quite a bit. But, you know, when I was in college, I wasn't washing towels a whole lot. I, I would reuse multiple times, so probably a little embarrassing on my part. I think most people would, would disagree with me, but I'll say champ. Okay. Uh, next question. So you get out of the shower, same same type of topic here. Uh, you go to reach in the medicine cabinet to grab your deodorant. You realize you're out. only thing that's in there is your wife's stick of deodorant. Uh, using your wife's deodorant instead of wearing no deodorant, champ or chump? Uh, that's – I've never had that situation happen to me, um, but I, I think any deodorant's better than none, so I'm going to say champ. All right, Coach, one more. This is one that uh, I, I kind of take personally, so I'm curious to see where you land on this. Uh, but champ or chump, oh, let me lay out the situation for you. So you uh, you have a dishwasher. Uh, do, you ha do you actually have a dishwasher? We do. Okay. You have a dishwasher. Champ or chump, running it every night regardless of how much is in it whether it's one plate or completely full chump we we run ours when it's full you know and there there's only two of us so it, it's probably every three days maybe four depending on the situation but 
you know, let's let's not be wasting water. Um, you know, if there's one something you really need and you need it washed right away, we'll just wash it by hand. All right, so there you have it, uh, Coach's Life Rule and some uh, champs and chumps. So next thing we're going to do is hit some listener questions. And, and you guys have been really good about these this year, so keep them coming. Uh, we've had some great questions to answer, both basketball-related and otherwise. Uh, and so you can get those to us on Twitter at, at @bcbucketscast. Again, that's at bcbucketscast, or just shoot us an email at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this week, we've got uh, two or three questions. The first two, there's two from Jay Wright, a uh, guy we've had on the podcast before, a guy who's asked some questions before, so he's doing a good job of keeping these things coming in. And uh, his first question, maybe some of you guys out there saw this because he put it on Twitter, but his question was, if... Uh, so his first question is, do you think uh, no, how would Normandale or would Normandale from Hoosiers adjust his style if uh, if they were dealing with the three-point shot in today's advanced analytics? That's a good question. I saw Jay put this one out on Twitter, and I know Jay is one of the biggest advocates of the movie Hoosiers that exist. Um, you know, Coach Dale's pretty set in his ways in Hoosiers. Um it's hard to compare eras of basketball, you know, and I, I've been listening to not only do we put out this podcast, I'm actually a huge podcast fan, and, and the one I'm really into right now is, is the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast. And it's by Bill Simmons. Ten years ago, he wrote a book called The Book of Basketball, and he's a huge NBA guy, and it's basically a history of the NBA. And he talks about comparing eras and how hard that is. And I, I think – if Coach Dale was coaching right now, he would have no choice but to adjust. And tell you what, you got Jimmy Chitwood out there. He's shooting threes anyway back in the 50s and only getting two points for him. You know, so I, I think he's letting Jimmy go, and uh, he's going to have the ultimate green light from three. So that's a perfect lead-in to Jay's follow-up question because he asked how many points per game would Jimmy Chitwood have uh, if you coached him today. So let's just assume you plug him into this squad as is. I, he's definitely going to be in the 20s. Um, you know, yeah, he, he had a sweet stroke from three. Had a little pull-up game. That's not a huge part of our offense. But but Jimmy had a knack to make the big shot, as we saw. And so I, I think he would fit right into our offense at Briarcliff. So, Coach, uh, that kind of made me think of another question that I want to just ask you, uh, kind of off, off the cuff here. But uh, out of every fictional player from any movie or TV show, if you could – plug one of those guys into your system right now who would it be or would it be jimmy any fictional player Ooh, that's a good question matt i think uh yeah jimmy chitwood's in the conversation you know he could really shoot it if we're talking fictional like they're from a movie Shaq and blue chips would be unbelievable for us <laughs> you know a 7-1 freak of a center that you know he'd probably help us out a little bit uh, Teen Wolf was unbelievable at the end of Teen Wolf. You know, I don't know if we can have animals or half animal, half humans on our team, but uh, Teen Wolf would be in the conversation. I think the I think the real no-brainer if we're talking about movie characters is I want Michael Jordan from Space Jam. Because you're talking his comeback to basketball at that time. He was kind of in the, the second prime of his career. But if we're talking truly fictional characters, yeah, we'll just we'll throw Jimmy Chitwood in. I know that's going to appease Jay Wright. He's an avid listener to the podcast and a, and a diehard Hoosiers fan, like I mentioned. All right, so then we had another question. This one's from Michael Collison, former player and coach here at the Cliff. 
Uh, this is a good question, something I don't think we've touched on before. Oh, we kind of have, but this is a different take. Uh, what are some of the best high school concession stands you've been to while you were out recruiting? I know we talked about some of the best popcorn and some other things, but what are, are, uh, what are some of the best concession stands? Is, it, is there one that stands out as the best? Man, that, that's a great question. And I think seven, eight, nine years ago, I would have a, a way better take on this. I've really tried to cut down on my concession stand spending. And uh, not only is it good for the wallet, it's good for my waistline as well. Um, I, I don't have a great answer. That's a great question. And, you know, maybe this year high school basketball starting soon here. So we'll be getting out to games as a coaching staff. Mike, we're going to come back to that question here in a couple months. And I, I'll really try to take notice of that when I'm out and about this year. And, and maybe I need to get back on the concession stand train this year. All right, so we'll table that question and make sure we get back to it. Uh, and then before we wrap things up here for the week, Coach, uh, what shout-outs do you have? Well, number one, I, I just have to shout-out to our whole team. Coming up with that win yesterday was, was a great way to start the conference season, and there was a, multiple times where it didn't look real good for us. So just finding a way to get it done on the road and, and getting some big defensive stops, and then obviously Nick making the big shot to win the game. But the real shout-out, and I, I'm sure a lot of people, by the time you listen to this, you'll have already seen the video. You know, Briarcliff Athletics put it out all over social media of the actual last possession. And there's the shot and there's the celebration. And what gets lost in the whole thing, or maybe it doesn't, is Todd Lamb, who's Jackson Lamb's dad, when the shot goes up and in, he comes flying down the bleachers, attempts to hurdle the bench to celebrate on the floor, catches a chair, hits the floor, pops right back up and starts celebrating on the floor with our team and it was pretty awesome he's uh he's kind of become a, a celebrity on social media here over the last 12 18 hours and so shout out to todd and his energy and enthusiasm for that win yesterday i don't know how eligibility works in the naia but uh if the track coach is listening to this and you have a an opening on your steeplechase squad yeah, i think you know who to call all right, well, I think that'll do it for this week. Just a quick reminder, uh, two games on tap for this upcoming week. Briarcliff will host Mount Marty at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, November 20th. Again, uh, Mount Marty will be here at 8 o'clock. Women will play at 6. Get here early. Get here. Fill the gym up. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, first home conference game for the year. So let's have a, you know, a great atmosphere against a Mount Marty team that seems to be really on the rise. And then Saturday up in Sioux Center to play Dort. Again, that's November 23rd. Uh, women will play at 2. Men will play at 4. Uh, Dort was a team that was picked high in the conference. Should be another great game up there at their place. So on behalf of Coach, on behalf of Nick Hoyt, uh, this is Matt signing off for the week. We will catch you next time.